there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Good afternoon, church. Such an honor to be able to speak today and give you the next installment on the names of God. Everyone else has sort of started talking about their names and um, I'm going to do the same as well and their nicknames. So my name's Amelia, for those of you who don't know, it's been said a lot tonight. Um, my mum and dad just named me Amelia because they like the name Amelia. Um, but my middle name's Rose, which is named after my nan on my dad's side and all the other girls in the family have also got the middle name Rose. But it's actually funny because my nan's name's not Rose, my nan's name Myrtle. Um, which is quite a cultural thing in like Jamaican and Caribbean families. You have different names and sometimes you don't find out your real name until you get to funerals and you see the card and you're like, it's happened, honest, it's the truth. So that's where my name comes from. Nicknames, most people call me Meals. Um, most people do. My dad calls me Me, like Emmy. Uh, and George calls me Felicia, for those of you who know the phrase, bad Felicia. So it's from a film, but it's like when something's irrelevant, I'm like, bad Felicia, so that's where that comes from. But the bad Felicia, that's my name. Anyway, so as we've obviously learned now, God's got many names. He's not just called God and Lord and Jesus. He's got other names that describe characteristics of him. Some of them he's given him himself, and others, other people have given him as well. And today we're going to be looking at Jehovah Shalom. So this name occurs once in the Bible, and it's in Judges 6, verse 24, and it's a name given to God by Gideon um, after he's had like an instruction from God and an encounter with him. So a bit of background on the story. The Israelites have now reached the promised land, and they're sort of in like a settling in period, finding their feet. They've just got there, not very long been there. The book of Judges is called Judges as it introduces these military leaders who known as Judges, who God raises up in that time, to lead and guide and deliver Israel from oppression. So we're looking at chapter 6 um, of Judges, and here we see the Israelites, God's very own, I feel really bad talking about this today, but God's very own chosen people failing. I mean, we've all been there, we've all done it, and we're all going to do it again at some point. But these are God's people and they failed. So even though God's delivered them into the promised land, they were so fickle with their love and their loyalty and their obedience to him, and they were always worshipping other gods. So heads were turning left and right, and they were worshipping false idols, pagan gods, and other nations' gods. And by doing so, they were removed from the protection of God, which has then caused neighboring nations to take over and oppress them. So in Judges 6, we're seeing the Israelites being oppressed and trod down by the Midianites. But we also see God raise up Gideon. So there's a story. So we're going to work through it. So the Israelites were worshipping a pagan god, and because of this, they were being oppressed by them for seven years, these Midianites. They were in the hands of the Midianites for seven years. That's a long time, isn't it? And the Midianites were so much stronger than the Israelites that they had to flee, they had to flee and hide away in shelters and make shelters in caves and barns and mountains, anywhere they could just to seek refuge to get away from these Midianites. The Midianites had backup as well from the Amicalites and other nations. And any time the Israelites planted their crop, the and the Midianites would come in and put tents on the crop, rip up all the crop, get rid of all the cattle, kill all the donkeys. And they were just basically battering them and left, right and centre. And when they did this, they didn't leave a single thing left for Israel. And it actually says in the Bible that they swarmed like locusts. They were just fully, fully surrounded, which sounds horrible, doesn't it? Locusts. 
So now the word Midianite or Midian, Midian means strife, which means conflict, angry and bitter disagreement. So when Israel were actively going against God's will and actively doing this evil and worshipping other gods, it led to strife and poverty in all forms. And when, when I was reading that, I felt like God say, where there is obedience, there is blessing and protection. Where there is obedience, there is blessing and protection. That led me to Proverbs 1 verse 33. It says, but whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear. But what struck me about that is it says listens to me. Not just whoever knows me, whoever loves me. We can all know God. We can all say we love him. But listening to him and acting upon what he said is a different thing. Whoever listens to me will live in safety. I wonder if you've ever felt like the Israelites in this situation, you know, you feel surrounded wall to wall, your back's against the wall, you've just, every time you get up, someone's kicking you back in the teeth again, it's just very bleak. Just been beat down after beat down. But in verse 6, it says that the Israelites were so impoverished that they cried out for the Lord to help. Is anyone at that point today, I know I've been at that point many times in my life, where you just think, God, this no more, God. I need you to take over. Just, I need you. And thankfully, the story doesn't end there. So the Israelites finally come to their senses, cry out to the Lord, and he sends a prophet to him who says this, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you didn't listen to me. When I was reading that, I was like, it was that clear. You had one instruction and you've still gone and done it. Like, how clear, how much clearer could it have been? But how many times have we been in that situation where we've actively walked into something that wasn't in God's plan for our life? Or we know this isn't really of God, but I'm going to sort of do it anyway. Like God's given you an exact instruction and we've gone against it. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I don't want to get all up in your business, but we've all been there. Do you know what I mean? We've all done it. We probably all do it again. But the key is, don't exclude yourself from God thinking I'm too far gone. I've done too much. I've, I've stepped them, I've crossed over them out this time. He told me not to, and I've gone and done it. Don't exclude yourself. Because our God loves and forgives deeper than we could ever imagine. And all we have to do is call out for him. This is the point that caused the change in this story them calling out to God this was the pinnacle so if you're at that point tonight and you just just backs against the wall don't know what to do I urge you call out to God call out to God carries on then to say that an angel of the Lord appeared and sat under a tree where Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press so this wasn't not threshing wheat wasn't normally done in a wine press the hiding is hiding away he's trying to find places to do things so people they can't attack him his fear is controlling him that much that he was running and hiding in these barns and working in hidden places to escape the Midianites. The angel of the Lord then said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon, I laughed when I read this. Gideon replied, pardon me, Lord. That felt like a bit of a baffling moment. Like, that's, where are you, God? Where are you in this? Have you seen my situation? Have you seen the state of the, the, what's going on? He goes on to say, why is this all happening to us? Where are the wonders our ancestors told us about? I don't know if you've ever looked at other Christians or the non-Christians, maybe. 
But Christians saying, oh, God's blessed me. I've got this miracle. I've had this breakthrough. And it's all good and well for them. But you're thinking, I ain't walking that walk. That's not my story. I'm in the trenches. I'm battling constantly. This is where Gideon was at. He goes on to say, the Lord's abandoned us. He's given us over to the enemies. The Lord's turned to him. The Lord then turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Can you hear me? Go in your strength. Go in the strength you have that I've given you. Gideon, God bless his heart, replies again, pardon me, Lord, mighty warrior, me. No, you've got, this is, this is how I would have responded as well. You've got the wrong person, not cut for the job. How, he says, how can I save my Israel? My clan is the weakest. I'm the least in my family. Have you ever felt like that? Like, not me, God. You can't mean me. I'm so weak. You've got, it's just not me. You've got the wrong sister. Now, I felt like that when I felt God talk to me about mini springs. I remember thinking, oh, is there nobody else? Like, come on. They're all wonderful people in springs. Is there nobody else? But God doesn't give you something if he doesn't equip you for something. What he's asking you to do is giving you the tools to do it. He's giving you the strength. And I love the Lord's answer to this. I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I will be with you, he says. Obviously, I love that he says, I'll be with you. But he doesn't just say, you're going to survive. You'll get through. You'll, you know. He says, you will be victorious. It's not that you're just going to get through by the crook of your teeth. You really, you're going to be victorious. I'll be with you. We'll strike down all your enemies and you will leave none alive. And he, that's what God's saying. So when Gideon's having this crisis, you know, God, you've got the wrong person. It's not me. God says, I'll be with you. Go in the strength I have given you. Last week, Pastor John told about, you know, Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. He's providing this strength for us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's providing the strength. And I think sometimes as Christians and non-Christians can often think, oh, no, God doesn't call me. You know, he's going to pick all different He's going to pick good people who know the Bible inside and out backwards. I feel a bit like that preaching today. I'm like, no, there's someone better. But he doesn't. The Bible tells us time and time again of God choosing the weakest, choosing the misfits, choosing a little boy to fight a giant with a rock and a sling, picking somebody with a stutter. He doesn't pick the perfect saints who we see in our eyes. He picks us. God is choosing us tonight. God is choosing you. He wants to use you. Whatever mess you think you're sat in, he can use it. He's going to use it as a message to speak the goodness of him. So Gideon replies then, if I found favor in your eyes, would you give me a sign that it's really you talking? Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and I'll set it before you. And the Lord says, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared this young goat and some unleavened bread and brings them back out under the tree to the angel. And although it's the angel he's talking to, it's God speaking through the angel. So God, Gideon's encountering with God. The angel then says to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and place them on this rock. Pour out the broth. Gideon did, and the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the bread with the tip of the staff. Fire flared up from the rock, consuming the meat and bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. Now, I like to cook. I'm quite a good cook, but I'm no expert, and I wouldn't know how to prepare a goat if my life depended upon it. But my guess is it's a long process. I know making bread's not a very quick process. You know, it's a long, drawn-out process. When this conversation between Gideon and the angel was happening, the poor goat was probably still alive. Like, it's from the start. He's not gone to Asda and got a bit of, bit of goat. I don't know where you get goat from, but he's not brought it. Done the whole process. That's a lot of effort. How much effort are we willing to give God tonight? 
How much effort are we willing to give to the Lord? It's going to take some time to do this whole process. It's not a quick thing. But when he got back, the Lord was still there. And this warmed me so much when I was reading it. The Lord was still waiting. No matter how long it takes us to calm down or to process things or to come to our senses like the Israelites did, the Lord is still waiting. You might be sat thinking, oh, God, it's been years. It's been ages. It's been, it's been too long that I've spoke to you since I've prayed, since I've worshipped, since I've even come to church. The Lord's still waiting. He sat there under the tree waiting for you to come and join him. God is still there. Regardless of your hiding or the time that's passed between you and God, be encouraged here that your offering and your sacrificial worship touches God's heart. We see the fire eat up the offering. It touches God's heart when you come to him. When I was talking through this with Pastor Pete, he said something so beautiful. He said, your prayers are a pleasant aroma that God receives. How beautiful is that? Your prayers, God wants to hear from you. You might think, oh, God, don't want to hear about this. This is nothing. Like, look what's going on in the world. Does it really matter what I'm going through? God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. Never give up praying. Never give, even the smallest of prayers. The prayers I used to pray when I was a kid, seeing an ambulance go past. Lord Jesus, please bless whoever's in the ambulance. Make a better name. Just, God hears all your prayers. He wants to hear from you. Never give up praying to the Lord. We saw earlier that Gideon was hiding in this. He's had to come out of this safe space he's created in the, in the wine thresh, the bar, where he's in the barn. He's literally had to step out from hiding. He's had to step out in faith. He's coming out of his den. He's cooking some food, which is probably going to smell like he's, this is risky business. He's in hiding because these people are trying to attack him. Everything he's doing here is risky. He was risking his enemies, seeing him and catching him. Are you willing to be a bit risky for God tonight? Are you willing to step out in faith for the Lord? I mean, we're so blessed that in this country, we're not as persecuted as other countries, yet we still hold back so much. Are we, what are we holding back from? Is it embarrassment? Is it fear of being judged? We're just scared to be vulnerable in front of people. Gideon's response to God's call on him was to step out. God's calling you out of your hiding tonight. He's got kingdom work for you. Come out of hiding. Gideon's offering and stepping out in faith led to a victory that no one saw coming. Seven years they were oppressed for. It's not like five minutes in the situation. Seven years. This is a habit. This hiding has become a habit. God is asking you, step out. This is where the victory is. Do you have any situations that feel totally impossible? You know, everyone knows, oh, that's heading for a failure. Everyone knows it. You're just going to end up on the bad end of this. You're going to lose. Gideon gave God an offering and stepped out not only in faith, but obedience, and he saw a victory. And when I was preparing this, I thought, man, what would happen if we did that, if we stepped out in faith and obedience? What victories would we see in our lives, in our families, in our church, in Gornal, in the world in general? I don't think I'm dreaming too big here, am I? If we step out in obedience and faith, what victories will God show us? No, it's a bit deep. We're getting to the name of God now. So Gideon has realized, oh man, I saw the face of the Lord. And in the Old Testament times, when they saw the face of the Lord, it was so powerful and so beautiful, they often died. So Gideon, bless him, I like Gideon. From this story, 
Seems a bit like a stress head, you know, a bit of a fearful, but he's hiding for seven years. I mean, that's a long time, as I've said. But he says he's panicking now. Oh, man, I'm going to die. Alas, he says, Sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He's thinking, I'm going to die. I've just saw God. And the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. It is all right. You're not going to die. Do you need God to say that to you tonight? It's all right. Peace, I'm here. It's all right. I see the mess you're in, my child. Come and sit with me. It's all right. Sit under this tree with me. It's all right. And if you are feeling like that, that particular scripture, look at it in different versions because it's so comforting. Each one brings a little bit out. It's just so powerful. Peace. Do not be afraid. It's all right. So Gideon's response to this encounter, as it says in verse 24, was to build an altar to the Lord there and call it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. So that's what Jehovah Shalom means. The Lord is peace. What's this peace, you know, God's talking about? What's this shalom? So the term shalom refers to soundness, completeness, harmony, and absence of strife. Isn't it funny that the Midianites' words meant strife? Full circle. Do you know, do you see what I mean there? How good does that sound? Soundness, completeness, harmony, and absence of strife. The other day, we was listening to... Um, I don't even want to say the word because he'll want me to put it on. Akuna Matata. He loves it, right? We always listen to it. And my mum turned around and said to me, oh, no worries for the rest of your days. How good does that sound? You'd sleep so good, wouldn't you? And I said, yeah, mum, you would, wouldn't you? I didn't even think about it, really. Then when I came back and was preparing this, I thought, you know what? That's what God's offering us. He's not saying I'm going to take all your problems away because nowhere in the Bible does it say that as much as we wish. This is what God's offering this peace, it'll be okay, I'm with you. And when I think of peace, I always think of the old hymn, when peace like a river attendeth my way. And it's based on the scripture, Isaiah 66, verse 12. I want to read this version. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. You ever been in that situation where you just need to hear that one person's voice or get that hug off someone? Whether it's your mom, your dad, whoever, your partner, friend, someone who provides that safe space for you. This is talking about nursing here. This is such an intimate experience. And this is what God wants to do for you. He wants to comfort you and bring him into his, into his chest and comfort you. But it says here... God is sending you a river of peace. God is sending each and every one of us in this room a river of peace. Not a tap that he can decide to turn on and off. Think, oh, now this is a bit stressful. She needs a bit of anxiety. Give, t turn that tap off. It's continuous. It's constantly flowing for you. It's never going to run dry. You may feel it sometimes, but it's never going to run dry. It's always there for us to access. But that's the key. We've got to access it. Just like all the other fruits of the Spirit, we have to access it. We've got to get in this river. We've got to get in the river of peace. God's sending it you, but you can still sit on the sidelines in chaos and tur turmoil. Or you can get in the river or get under the tree like Gideon and get this peace. I can honestly say now, I spend, we spend a fortune on fruit every week, right? The George and the baby love fruit. The, the baby and George, I was meant to say. 
And I can honestly say, I never touch a piece of fruit. I like fruit, but it's just not a choice of snack. Like, I wouldn't ever think, oh, I love a banana. Like, it just doesn't happen. God is saying to you, bless you, God is saying to you, there's fruit on the side. Go and get it. My piece is there for you. You've got to access it. You've got to get in this river. You've got to pick up this peaceful fruit, so to speak. Now, there's a time where this is this was in action for me. At the beginning of the story, I was a mass. I'm a, I'm, I can stress easily. But at the beginning, I was stressing, and then it changed. So this, some of you might have heard this story before. But when we were first pregnant with Axel James, a couple of weeks in, there was some problems. So I had to have a few scans. He was had to have a few scans. And when we got to the hospital, they basically said, we think he's stuck in your tube. We think you're having an ectopic pregnancy. Um, I was on my own at this point. So George had been with me through the process, but when he went in, it was COVID, so I couldn't, he couldn't go through. I said, we think you're having an ectopic pregnancy. This baby's not going to grow. The pregnancy, the words they said to me was, this pregnancy is not viable. You need to dissolve the pregnancy. And I was a bit like, oh, okay, right. I need to speak to George because this is all... You're offering me a tablet that's going to take away the chance of this baby ever growing. I believe in a powerful God, so let's see where this ends up. I knew the God, the promises that God had given us, but I was stressing, I was panicking. I was like, oh, my life, my life's falling apart. And when we were in the waiting room, George, bless him, was watching England on his phone. <laughs> Typical George style, but he was already in his river. I just hadn't got there yet. He knew that our baby was in the arms of Jesus and there's no safer place to be. So then we go home and they say, you know, come back, we'll do a blood test and we'll check your hormones. If your hormones are dropping, you've got to come in and we'll, we'll go from there. But it, if, the, if the sack ruptures, basically I could have died. So I take the blood test and go home. My dad phones me the next day and he said, don't forget Melia. Do you remember the Prince of Egypt? Which is actually the third time this Prince of Egypt's been mentioned in, in this season, this series today anyway. The Prince of Egypt, Moses is put in the Moses basket and he's put in the water and the crocodiles are trying to snap him up and the waves are growing and the, the boats are crashing. But Moses gets there safely. And my dad says to me, that's what's going to happen for your baby. He's going to get there safely. And Axel James' middle name is now Moses because of that celebration God brought us through. But I, this isn't a story of how powerful God is. I mean, that is. But I had to go home and pray. What is God saying to me? Is this what you want for me, Lord? I feel like when, when we got pregnant, we had, you know, the scripture, um, I've prayed for this baby and the Lord has answered. I knew this was a promise for our family. Regardless of what they were saying, I'm not saying ignore your doctors, but regardless of what they were saying, I knew God had greater plans for our family. But when I was first, oh, I was stressing, stressing, come home, prayed, spoke to people who were encouraging me, praying for me, and I thought, right, I've got peace now. Let's see where this goes. So the next day, they phone us to say, your hormones are dropping, you've got to come in. We'll go from there. Went in, they said, we'll do a scan just to see, but we think you're going to have to dissolve it because it's quite dangerous if it ruptures um, and you'll basically die. And then she put, we did the scan. She turned the screen off and turned her monitor away because they do that sort of, just to prevent us from seeing anything if, it, if it's black and empty. And she puts the thing on my stomach and she goes, oh. I mean, George, go, oh. And she turns the monitor and she just goes, there's your little baby and there's the heartbeat. And she's like, no idea what's happened there. <laughs> but we knew. Yeah. We knew. But I had to go home and I had to fix my eyes back on God and the plan he had for our life by 
seeking him and getting this peace. I wouldn't have walked back it. I would have taken anything they've given me. Imagine where I'd have been now if I hadn't have got that peace and thought, you know what, God's in control. He's going to work this for our good. This is how we get that peace, fixing our eyes on him, reading his word, praying, worshipping, meeting together, serving. I cannot tell you, and I'm not saying this because I want you to all help out at Mini Springs, but if you're free, whatever. Mini Springs is like therapy for me. I can have the worst week, absolute chaos. The baby's been up all through the night, whatever's happening, but as soon as I walk in there, it's gone. The peace I feel, the presence of God is so tangible. When I'm serving, I'm not focusing on that. I'm fixing my eyes on God. You've got a greater plan, and I'm part of it. I'm getting in this river. I heard a phrase a couple of weeks ago um, that said, parenthood is a life sentence. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is revolting. But sometimes, not even just parenthood, but life is a life sentence. Life is tough. There's always something to worry about, whether it's your health, your job, your family, your relationships, your finance. There's always something to worry about. You look, you will find it. And in the counseling world, I'm what they call a worry well. I do it very well and very easily and very naturally. I can easily worry. A worry well. A worry well. But God's called me to greater. That's not the walk he's planned for me. Every day I'm getting in my river. I cannot swim but I'm getting in this river. I'm calling to God. I'm giving it to you. I'm in a boat. I ain't bringing my baggage with me. I'm not saying, God, you can have this one thing. You control that, and I'll control all of this, and I'll hold on to it, and I'll worry, and I'll stress, and I'll work it out myself, because I will sink. I'm giving it up to you. I'm casting my cares on him. It says in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, and I'm not saying ignore all your problems and float through life with your eyes closed, but in everything the Bible says, come to the Lord with prayer and petition, Give it to him. Now, I know we need some kind of, you know, danger, raising me um, concern mechanism in our brain. And I know there are times when this fails, and I'm not discounting that, you know, there's anxiety disorders and seek support if that's, you feel what's happening. But I'm going to say something that's really true, but it feels bold to say in a time like today with everything that's going on with mental health and things. We have the authority over our minds through Christ Jesus we can take back the peace that was gifted to us by God. The world will take it away as soon as you turn on that telly and as soon as you open the newspaper, you've only got to see someone, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, here we go again. Jim down a spiral. We've got to take it back. God has given us the authority to do so. Jesus said in John 14, verse 17, verse 27, sorry, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This isn't a coping mechanism or a self-care tip, which are all good and wonderful. But as soon as you stop that coping mechanism or that self-care, you're just as stressed as you was before. This is what I like to call an eye of the storm piece. This is where it's physically impossible for the winds to touch the middle of the storm. I don't know how it works. It's just God, I suppose. But it's peaceful in that part of the storm. And you're in the middle of chaos, and the chaos carries on going on. But God's saying, peace, I'm with you. We've got this peace. The devil comes to rob, kill, and destroy. It says in John 10, verse 10, he's come to steal our peace. But God has given us the, this peace, and we have the authority to take it back when the devil tries to steal it. And life's not a lazy river, you know, floating around on an all-inclusive resort with a frozen cocktail in a little dinghy. It's wild. Life is a tough, wild ride. 
and you'll get knocked out this river. Your dinghy might burst. You might hit a rock. You'll see something on the sidelines. Ooh, that looks more appealing than God's plan. But as soon as we cast our cares to him, as soon as we fix our eyes back on his promises over our life and what his plan is, we just fix our eyes on him and we just say, Jesus, right back in that river. If I can ask the the worship team to come back, please. The one thing that throughout this whole series, and I was saying to George, how powerful this series has been. It's been absolutely amazing. I've known these names since forever but I've never known them. I've never fully known them and digested them and like survived on them. That, it's been so powerful. But the main thing for me is when people in the Bible have given God a name out of a circumstance or out of a situation, when somebody has stopped and thanked God for bringing them through. And it was said the other week, you know, naming mountains after the mountains you've climbed, giving them a name of God. I just think that's so powerful. You know, I thanked God for this peace, this Jehovah Shalom that was present during that storm with me. Don't do it enough. It's difficult, you know. I don't name difficult times of my life after God, but there's so much power in taking that victory back and praising God. Not saying, oh, I'm so glad that's over. Oh, thank God he's got me. Thank God he's got me through that Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Jehovah Jireh provided in that time when no one else could see what was happening. Jehovah Rapha, my healer, my... The doctors are telling me one thing, and then all of a sudden, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. That's what happened in that time. There's many more names. But claiming it as a victory of God is so powerful. So powerful. And I believe that God wants all of us to know in this room, he's sending each and every one of us a river of peace. Regardless of the circumstances that we're facing, he wants you to know you can have peace. This allows us to face whatever we walk through. We've got this faith. Jehovah Shalom is with me. He's told me it'll be all right. He's told me he's with me. I'm trusting him. Now, what? if any of you, well, if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes, please. If anyone is in like a, a situation where they need peace, where it's bleak, they're like the Israelites, they've just got no hope, and you need this peace, that we've been talking about. Why don't you just stand and let us pray over these situations that you're facing tonight. If you just need peace in general, you're just somebody who worries easily, somebody who can stress easy, but you want to access this peace that God's given you. You know you can't do it on your own. Feel free to stand. Lord, I just pray for anyone tonight who's facing something that is so peaceless, Lord. It's full of anxieties and worries and stress, lack of sleep and all the other things that come with, with, with no peace, Lord. And I just pray that Jehovah Shalom reigns in that situation, Lord. I ask that you reveal yourself as peace in that situation, Lord. Become real in this environment, Lord. In terms of the situations they're facing, Lord, I pray that you'll work everything to their good. But even if, even if, Lord, they don't see the outcome they want, Lord, I pray that they feel the peace regardless and know it is well, God is with me. And then if we could all stand in response to the, for a prayer, please. 
For those of anyone in this room who feels I've never met Jehovah Shalom, I've never met this God you're talking about who's giving me peace. And you feel, I, I, want a, I need a bit of that. I want that in my life. We saw here that the Israelites turned from sin and cried out to the Lord. That was the pinnacle. That was the key. That was, the, that was what changed the situation. That was what gave them the victory. And we're going to say a prayer in a moment. And if that's you and you feel like you've never met this God that we're talking about, there's a part where it says, I turn to you in repentance. I'm turning away from my old life and I want to walk with you, Lord. Just let that churn over in your heart if that's you, Lord. I also feel that sometimes, even as Christians, and it's an uncomfortable thing for me to say, but some of us know too much to be living the way we're living. Some of us have seen this Jehovah Shalom. They've seen the hand of God. They've seen the power of God reign. And we're still living in chaos. We're still worrying. We're still living in sin. We need to turn and repent and to seek this, this Jehovah Shalom we're talking about. So if we all say this prayer together and then we can have a bit of worship. Dear God, I turn to you today aware that I cannot do this life alone. I stand before you asking for your peace to fill my life. I know there are things that I have done wrong and I am turning from these things today in repentance. I ask you, Lord, to give me your strength to continue on the path of victory you have for me. I pray that in whatever I face, I feel your peace which surpasses all understanding. I thank you, Jehovah Shalom, for being with us every step of the way and giving us your Holy Spirit to guide us. May you remove any anxieties we are feeling today and replace them with your peace. In the name of Jesus Christ.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.